welcome to Radio IAGP. My name is Implausibly Josh, and thank you so much for listening. This is episode 023, episode 23, and I'm excited to get started. If you have any questions for us, you can send those in to radioiagp at gmail.com. Let's dig into it. Our first question comes from Brian, who asks, Greetings implausibly. It's Brian. I've been trying to convince a streamer I know who streams at twitch.tv slash Matt Calder to start up a new tabletop game with, but we can't decide on a system news. Do you have any suggestions? Just not D&D because they're racists now. Thanks. Uh, thank you for the question. I wouldn't say that they're racists now. I would say that maybe D&D has been problematic for a long time. It's just been surfaced now, but I like the idea and I, I get I get the idea. A fun RPG that I think would be really cool to do over the internet, if that's how you're going to be doing this. I would imagine that's how it is, but correct me if I'm wrong. I think one that would be fun is called If Not Us Then Who by Riley Hopkins. It is a serialized Monster of the Week TV show tabletop RPG. Its inspiration is Power Rangers and Sailor Moon and things of that nature, and it is very cool. I own a copy. Like most tabletop RPGs, I have never played it, but I've poured over the book, and I think it seems really neat, and I think it could be really fun if you have a group of people who are really willing to get self-indulgent. Another game by Riley Hopkins is Interstitial, Our Hearts Intertwined, which is a tabletop RPG that takes the promise of Kingdom Hearts, which is smashing a bunch of properties together with self-insert OCs or just characters you want to play as, or characters from those franchises and properties that you would like to play as, and the idea of really self-indulgent fan fiction and merges it all into a very fun tabletop RPG. It's a Powered by the Apocalypse game, so two dice... Lots of emphasis on the links and social links that you're creating with other characters and that social interaction between a lot of characters and its impact on the gameplay, which I think is really smart and super clever for this type of game. Powered by the Apocalypse from the start already has a lot of rules for your social status or your social links with other characters at the table or other characters like NPCs as part of the mechanics for that system. So to use that as the bones for this game that is a send up of Kingdom Hearts and fan fiction and that social interaction, I think it's perfect. Again, it's another thing where I think to have the most fun with something like this, you have to have a group who are ready and willing to be very goofy and be really open about how nerdy they are, I think is the best way to put it. You know, writing fan fiction isn't necessarily for everyone, and especially not writing self-indulgent fan fiction, then especially not being open with that type of headspace with a bunch of other people. So I think you have to have a really solid group of friends who are all ready to give it 100%, I think is the best way to put it. But I think if you have that group, that this could be a really, really fun game to play. And I don't think Powered by the Apocalypse needs a a game mat or anything, so you don't necessarily need to have a roll 20 situation where everyone's looking at the same map, moving pieces around a board like a Dungeons and Dragons 4th edition. It's very theater of the mind, which I think is to its benefit in situations like we're in today, where you're most likely playing online with people through Discord or Skype or whatever voice-to-voice communication you're using, and I think that would work really well. Another 
tabletop RPG that, again, haven't played, but would really like to, and I think the premise and the promise of it is really awesome, is Worlds in Peril, another Powered by the Apocalypse game. This one's by Sam Joko Publishing, and it is about how goofy comic books are, I think is the best way to put it. While a game like Masks, another tabletop RPG about superheroes, is more about using... I think the focus in Masks is more about dealing with the secret identity. It's dealing with the duality of being a superhero and being a regular person outside of the mask. And while I think that's a good game premise, I would like to have my superhero tabletop RPG be a little bit more, a little bit more on the power fantasy side. This isn't full power fantasy. This isn't like, again, Dungeons and Dragons 4th edition with a superhero coat of paint where you're basically just playing an MMO and hitting your your recharge spells and all that stuff. But I think it's a lot more focused and willing to be goofy about certain things. I think with Worlds in Peril, Worlds in Peril, excuse me, that game is trying a lot more to make a comic book that you would read, a DC or a Marvel specifically. These superhero mainstream comic books come to life kind of warts and all in terms of narrative structure and assumptions of powers and tropes, I think is the best way to put it. So a lot more willing to talk about like pushing yourself to the limits, running so fast you go into a different time or alternate reality, just goofy stuff like that, right? Like I find the goofy stuff that's part of modern superhero mythology, especially like something like The Flash. As I've said before, Superman and The Flash are two of my favorite superheroes, and they have some goofy stuff surrounding them, especially The Flash. You know, depending on your Barry Allen origin story, time travel is kind of key to him existing and things of that nature. So, and just him running so fast, he goes to a different Earth or goes in the past or goes in the future or something goofy like that. Like, that's just nonsense and goofy nonsense and that's the kind of thing that i really like from superhero properties especially comic books tv shows movies anything like that and so i think that for my money worlds in peril does better on those promises of goofy superhero nonsense you can still tell those stories of the the dichotomy between your civilian life and your superhero life and it's powered by the apocalypse if i remember correctly so it's still based in having those social links be a core part of gameplay. There's still a lot there where you can use it to tell stories that would be more maybe fitting in a game like Masks, but I think that, like I said, Worlds in Peril just hits those buttons that I want to hit for. I want to play a I want to play a game where I can play as the Flash and maybe I will solve this problem through running really fast and maybe I will make the problem worse by running really fast and maybe I go into an alternate earth and I didn't save my friends or whatever. I think that's that's what I'm looking for in a superhero RPG. I also know you guys both are into wrestling, so maybe check out something like Worldwide Wrestling RPG. They just put out a second edition recently. I haven't looked into that, and you're definitely going to need more than just the two of you playing, but I think that that game rules. I want to say that there's a Friends at the Table that plays Worldwide, Worldwide Wrestling RPG, I don't remember watching it, or listening to it rather, but reading the book, I think it seems really cool. I think it, again, gets that feeling of what I would want if a wrestling anything was made into a tabletop RPG where it's all about goofy characters and not so much, like, 
I think it is the total extreme wrestling to in comparison to like a WWE 2K game, right? Where one of the problems with the 2K games just on a fundamental level is that they're trying to simulate a fight when that's not what professional wrestling is. Professional wrestling is more of a dance and more of a performance than it is a fighting game, right? Like it would be it doesn't make sense to make it a fighting game because that's not how professional wrestling works. You're there to tell long form story over the course of multiple matches. And I think that Worldwide Wrestling RPG understands that. So the in-ring parts of the game are all about the balance for the audience, uh, the made up audience, and I guess the audience of the other people listening to what's going on who aren't involved in the match, the other players that is and giving gameplay mechanics to having the crowd on your side if you're the good guy, having the crowd boo you if you're the bad guy in the situation. You know, I think that it tries to make it more like a dance and also tries to inject the real-world politics that end up getting involved with uh, with professional wrestling and not in like a systemic way, but in an interpersonal way where like you can go into business for yourself where let's say whoever's booked the match in the game has decided that the good guy is going to win the match that night but and the bad guy is going to you know take the hit and also drop the belt or whatever right well as the player of the bad guy you could decide you know what maybe i don't actually want to do that because that can and will happen in actual professional wrestling is that someone doesn't want it to lay down for the other person for whatever reason and so they decide that's it i am going to change this on the fly right now because because of the way that you don't want to break the immersion for the audience you know your options are limited if you want to course correct on a thing like that if someone wants to take control and abuse the trust between the two people or three people if you count the referee but everybody in the ring basically of we've agreed that this is the way that the wrestling match is going to go i'm not going to hurt you more than will just naturally happen you know getting thrown from the top rope can only be the pain from that can only be mitigated so much but the idea is that like i'm not actually putting you in a chokehold that will genuinely cause you harm i am putting on a performance and making it look like i am like acting in a tv show or something doing stunts in a tv show or movie or whatever and so the idea is that i am not going to mess this up for you and you are not going to mess this up for me but because of that trust because there's trust there you can abuse that trust and that works the same way in the game where you can decide you know what i'm actually not going to lose the belt tonight sorry about it i'm going to do everything in my power to not have that happen and so i think that that is what makes that game really cool and really interesting and if you're into wrestling i think it's a really fun game to check out thank you brian it is all brian's on this one i think looking at these questions uh this next one also from brian whoop whoop it's ya brian question what's a series of games not in the u.s you'd like to see localized for the u.s after discovering that Inazuma 11 is just the Blitzball game from Final Fantasy X, but a full game and real and good. I got incredibly deep desires to see one come out in the US. Any series you'd like to see brought over? Thanks. Thanks for the question, Brian. I think, I don't know that there's any series that I'd like to see come over. There's a handful of games that I think would be really neat to have English releases. The one that I instantly thought of when I read this question first was the Japanese sequel to the Game Boy Color 
Pokemon trading card ga- trading card game. Man, I wish I could talk. Um, I just think that that's good. You know, like I, I find that trading card games, trading card game video games that are based on real trading card games that don't have real money economies are really fun. There was a DS game, a DS Yu-Gi-Oh game that I think was called Nightmare Troubadour or something like that, and had an in-game economy where you're just fighting other duelists and you would get currency from those fights, which you could then use to open card packs. Same thing exists now in Legacy of the Duelist. I've been playing a little bit of that on the Switch, and it's a similar thing. You play through a story mode, you get enough, but you get a bit of currency. You use that currency to open up packs that are tied to what cards you were seeing at that time in the show. And I find that type of stuff really fun. So seeing more stuff like that instead of real money currency trading card games like the current Pokemon trading card game online, I really like it. I think it's fun, but the fact that I have to put, you know, real world dollars into it, same with like Magic the Gathering Arena where, you know, new core set came out in Magic the Gathering Arena, course at 2021, and it meant that if I wanted to see those cards and get an idea of them, I'm having to pay however much money to randomly get those cards. And you're getting less in Magic the Gathering Arena than with real cards, which sucks. At least I think that's the case. I'm pretty sure you don't get the full 15 per pack in Magic the Gathering Arena like you do in real life. At least in the Pokemon trading card game online, you're getting a full, I think, 11 cards per pack or whatever the listed cards are for the pack you're buying. But the problem is, is that I'm having to go to a third-party website, buy like 20 bucks worth of cards to hopefully get enough to play a couple games, get a feel for the new cards, the new Pokemon, any new mechanics, if I'm lucky enough to get the new mechanic cards. Ideally, what I'd like to do is pay the price of a new game, let's call it. I don't care if that means that it's an actual $60 game or if it means it's a $40 game, but... I want to pay one price, and as new cards keep getting added to it, I don't have to pay more real-world money in order to see those cards and play with them and get an understanding of them. It's not like something like a physical card game where I'm buying physical cards, so there are production costs there. Not to say there aren't production costs in digitizing a card game, but I shouldn't have to keep paying real-world money when I already paid money for it, you know? at least in theory. Obviously, that's probably not going to happen in this day and age. We're too busy with microtransactions and stuff, but that's what I want. I want those, I want more video game versions of card games. I've really lost the plot of this question. So another thing that I'd like that never got an English release would be the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5 game for the PlayStation 2. It got a Japanese release for sure, but it never got an English release, which would make sense because I don't think part five got anything English wise until recently. So makes sense, but it's really cool. Unlike some of the newer games, like the fighting games and the anime arena fighters, the game is a lot more focused on making the gameplay fit the, the story than the other way around. Like anime arena fighters all kind of feel the same, even though the action of a Dragon Ball Z and the action of a Jojo's Bizarre Adventure with stands doesn't necessarily feel similar, so it doesn't make sense for the gameplay to feel the same for both of those games. So I think seeing something like a English release 
slash remaster at this point of that old PS2 game would be really neat and would be a welcome change compared to the other anime fighting games that are in existence currently. You know, it's not going to feel like Dragon Ball Z Kakarot or Xenoverse or the Naruto games or that One Piece game or that jump game that came out. It's going to feel different, play different, and try and accomplish different goals in a way that those other games aren't. So that would be my actual answer. And I think with that, we'll call it there. Thank you so much for sending in questions. Thank you so much for listening. If you have questions, you can send them into radioiagp at gmail.com. I read all of them, and I appreciate when you send them in. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, J. You can follow Average on Twitter at A. If you search Implausibly Average on YouTube, you'll find our YouTube channel. I've started to record new videos for that thing, so check that out. Recently put up a video where I played Magic the Gathering Arena against the bot. It was pretty fun. It's going to be a new series where I play games against the bot in games that would normally be played against other humans. So Magic the Gathering Arena, normally you would want to play against a human player, but not me. I'm playing against the bot. I heard it here first, but I'm thinking about playing a Call of Duty game, bot matched. So that might be the next one. Who knows? We'll figure it out. We'll see what time I have to play an actual game of Call of Duty and also edit it. Anyways, a lot of behind the scenes stuff. You don't care, but that's fine. Thanks again for listening. I'll see y'all next time. Later. I also think that I am on the wrong earth. I'm gonna need your help.